This is Ian Serrato, and you're listening to the Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast. I'm sorry. We're going to have to do that again. Visit us anytime at youtube.com forward slash yuck yucks to watch stand-up comedy clips of some of your favorite comedians. Be sure to visit us at www.yuckyucks.com. Twitter. Twitter. And follow us on Twitter using hashtag YYCP. What's going on, my little yuckamaniacs? This is your host, Jake Hirsch. Welcome to the Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, we got a special show today, folks. Um, yeah, we're going to uh, do a little rebroadcast. And there's some, there's, some, uh, there's some stuff going on behind this rebroadcast. The reason why I decided to, uh, to do this uh, flashback episode is because, uh, first off, it, it is a fantastic episode. Uh, secondly, it, uh, it's with a very dear, dear good friend of mine who is currently uh, battling stage four colon cancer and um, is fighting the good fight. And uh, this person, uh, our guest today, a lot of you uh, who are regular listeners to the show uh, definitely know him on the local scene uh, here in Calgary. Uh, he goes by the name of Nav Galley. And uh, Nav first came on the scene, I believe, uh, during the competition that I that I hosted last year, um, the one I talk about uh, all the time. Yes, the Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast. Uh, and uh, he was one of the yuck and comers, one of the uh, one of the guys who stood out uh, very early on, um, and was just had this very calm demeanor to him, very much in control, and uh, just seemed like he was very seasoned already, like he was a veteran of stand-up already, uh, and I think it was like his second or third time, and uh, we immediately struck up a friendship. He has a heart of gold, and uh, our friendship just blossomed from there. Uh, there was another um, uh, guy who uh, has also been on the show, Adam Ruby, who uh, the three of us were, were kind of, uh, we became very, very close pals. And uh, they came to me down the road and, and asked me to produce uh, a show that they put on called BWK, The Brown and White Knights. Um, they're at Yuck Yucks in Calgary. And uh, they sold it out, much to, I think, everybody's surprise. Everybody thought, like, ah, they're probably going to pull in, you know, 100 people or something like that. Absolutely packed, sold out. Uh, we were turning people away. Um, it, it was just an incredible, incredible night. Um, to be had, and it was a super, I mean, tremendous honor for me to be able to do that with them, and really uh, be able to facilitate that for Nav. That 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 Nav, uh, you know, was starting to get back into uh, stand-up comedy. I know he had taken a break, uh, uh, and and I think when he came back, it was only his second or third time up on stage. Um, I don't remember. I'd have to go back and listen to this episode, but. Uh, from what I remember, I think he he did st- he tried stand up once before, um, and just kind of gave it up and was able to get back into it. And not only did he get back into it, he kicked ass at it. He was a very talented young man, and um and and, and just to know that he's battling right now, he's fighting. And I went to see him last night myself and Adam, and it was uh, obviously it's difficult to see your friends sick, and it's difficult to see your friends having a hard time. And and fighting and uh, knowing that there's nothing you can do, um, you know, besides pray and and send good energy and good positive vibes. And that's what I'm asking people to do right now uh, when you hear this episode. If you just take 
two or three minutes out of your day and just say a short prayer and and uh, whatever religion you believe in, if you don't, whatever, just positive energy, positive vibes, and just put it towards my good friend Nav because he needs all the help he can get, and it's uh and I know that uh, that uh, his family and his friends have done nothing for the past two three months uh, since he was diagnosed uh, is to rally around him and that's what we're doing and that's what we're going to continue to do do that favor for me folks send some positive energy send some good vibes towards nav and i thought it'd be kind of a cool thing for me to go back and redo this podcast uh rebroadcast it for everybody and listen to Nav's story it's it's inspirational and it's it's badass and uh, it couldn't uh it it's yeah yeah, it's tough. Anyway, just let's send some good energy towards Nav. Love you, pal. We got your back. Place. You like it? Yeah, yeah. I think for the guys uh, who haven't been here, they gotta be. They gotta They're be missing out. They're missing out. Yeah. Fuck yeah, man. This is dynamite. This is like my little home out here. It's uh, all my little. Uh, I got stuff from like Steve Simone, Jonathan Baum. Yeah. Got Ari Shafir gave me a weed a grinder. Well, there you go. I don't know what I'm gonna do with that. But. <laughs> <laughs> it's got the Wonka golden ticket. The Wonka. You know who who does those ones? Huh. Steve Simone. No way. Yeah, yeah, he does uh, He does that stuff, man. And then he gave me one of the shirts, too, over That's there crazy. on that studio wall. Of course, we've got the, uh, we've got the Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast uh, painting right behind you as well. Everyone was, needs uh, to see that in person. You guys. Yeah. It's a thing of beauty. Oh, it's great, man. My buddy Sean Toma <laughs> did that at one up. Oh, me, Sean. Man. Yeah, yeah. You know Sean? I do, yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's a great artist, man. He's a man. wicked guy. Good dude. Now he's doing tattoos. He's got into tattooing. Oh, no so way. I'm like, well, fuck. Now I get to get more of my most most of my stuff for free. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Tattoo tattoos and free should never go together in no. the same sentence, man. No. So no. I finally get to sit down with Nav Galley, man. One of the uh, one of the finalists for uh, for the Yuck Yucks uh, Yuck and Comer 2016 Amateur Comedy Competition, man. It's been a wild ride for you. It has. And uh, it's it's great to actually sit down and uh, and get to bullshit with you for a bit because we we talk all the time, we but do. we don't ever get to talk in depth. Really, no, about no. your story and how things got started and all that good stuff, just man. Life, so, man. Just, <laughs> just like so, uh, and I know that we've talked about this before, but uh, you weren't really prepared for all this. No, this is I'm like the fact that I'm sitting here is, is blowing my mind. Yeah, did you that, think like a year ago that you'd be you'd be uh, you'd be this far in the comedy world so no, far? Not no, no, no. I you know it's one of those things where it's like you have these goals that you kind of set for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I had these first-year goals, and they were just to perform in places. It was just to to, to get up there and and be funny. That now, was it. Now, was that something that you that take a long time to do? Did you ever get up on stage before? Was what was your first amateur time, or what was your first time? I went to this was uh, two thousand and one, right? Uh, two thousand two, sorry. And it was uh, Yuck Yucks, right? Back when it was at the uh, at the Blackfoot, at the Black, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah, they yeah. were doing uh, they were doing workshops. Okay. So they had uh, they had workshops for amateurs. Who was teaching that back then? 
Uh, well, Welby Santos was the one who got me to to go up there. Nice out in Edmonton. So yeah, he was yeah. just like you got to come out here, and so it was whoever was performing that week. Right, was totally open to just you know like giving you pointers, having you go up on stage, do a do a quick little set, and then which is like the perfect people to do it. It's, it's amazing. amazing. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah. So I got that, and it was really good, you know. Right. And then uh, I went on stage once on an amateur night, bombed. Did you? Absolutely awful. No, it way. was just awful. <laughs> How many people were there? Oh god! I love you know what I love. I love hearing these stories once in a while, just because it like it reminds me of like of um, of the raw beauty of stand up yeah. comedy, and it also reminds me too that not everybody starts off great. No, because I think uh, there's sometimes when you can go like for myself even the first show I ever did, I brought like ten people with me. Yeah. And uh, there wasn't 10 people in the crowd. I mean, there was like 100 people in the crowd or 70 or 80. I don't know how many people. It was close yeah. close to 100. Yeah. It was fucking packed. But as I was doing it, I was like, man, I'm doing pretty good because I noticed the whole room's laughing. It's not just my 10 family members are doing it. Yeah. But it, it kind of gave me this false sense of, of like I walked off stage going, okay, I'm ready for my net, right. my like my Netflix special. Yeah. I, I'm, I've got I've got an hour ready to go. Get me on just for laughs. Give me, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and it's, it's funny because... It's those little humbling experiences, though, because I've done rooms where there, it's it's crickets, man. Yeah, like I, yeah. I've 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 bombed for sure, yeah. and and I've just been like, I don't know about bombing, but I mean, like I've been there because I I've always felt like I had enough to make people laugh and some stuff, totally. right? Yeah. Like it's bound to something that's going to resonate with somebody in, yeah. in in the room. But I've I've been in enough rooms where I'm like, yeah, this isn't going to go very well. <laughs> but it also reminds me that. Not everybody starts off doing amazing. No. And, and that's, I think, what people need to hear that. People need to know that their first time going up on stage and they get that weird feeling in their gut where they're just like, I'm two minutes in and this is not going as yeah. I planned it. Yeah. It's one of those things where I, I thought, you know, I'm, I'm hilarious. Yeah. My friends think I'm funny. I'm right. just going to go up there. I'm going to crush it. It's going to be an exact yeah. replica of what my friends think yeah. it's going to be. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. you go up and you sell your first joke and you wait for laughter. <laughs> and you're just sitting there waiting and you're just... <laughs> And that's when the panic sets in, right? And you go, oh, God, I've got four more minutes of nothingness going on. You forget where you are, and you're just like, hey, so my name's weird. And they tell you not to do those jokes, you know, because not everyone can resonate with your damn name. So it was just awful. It was absolutely, I think there were like 50 or 60 people. I didn't tell anybody because that was my, you know, I was just like, Yeah, you didn't want anybody to show up. Yeah, if I, I, you know. What were some of your uh, What were some of your jokes? You, you know, honestly, it was a lot just about it a blur. It was a blur. <laughs> I, I I thought I had a really good thing with my name, right? Because right. I was like, oh, it's my name. It's funny. Sure, it's brown. Yeah, we'll just go with it. And then people were like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Tell us something. Tell us something that's funny. They're like my cousin's name's Nap. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. There were probably eight Nabs in the crowd that night, and they were like, "What's your problem? That's not that hard." And so, it, and then the rest of it was honestly just a blur. I mean, I probably finished three minutes early. Right. I just remember panicking. Like, yeah. I don't, it, it was literally just a blur. I was so yeah. scared. And I just couldn't wait to get off stage, right. which is not the feeling you want. Sure. And so I got off and I just remember everyone was like, yeah, you know, that wasn't so great. Right. But uh, just work on your craft. Like, you, you're funny. You just, who was around then? Like, as far as, who did you have that was kind of pumping you up back oh then God, or just, giving you advice? Welby was my boy. Welby. Welby yeah. Santos was my boy. Yeah, yeah. And that was pretty much, uh, the rest of the guys, I, I honestly don't. Don't remember don't who was around. Yeah. No, no, it was so long ago. Did now did that set set the tone for you for stand up? Like, did you look at that and be like, "Fuck, I don't ever want to go up on stage again"? Or would you? Did that inspire and motivate you to to become better? It scared the shit out of me. It did. It I, did. Yeah. I kept writing. That was the one advice I got. It was really good advice from um, uh, Jeremy Hotz, actually. No way. Was saying, you know, just write, always write. Yeah. Just you never know. 
you write it down, you put it in. Back then, there weren't cell phones, you know. Sure. There were flip phones, and you couldn't, so it would take you eight years to write something because you had two, two, two. Okay, I got the letter C. Here we go. So I, I had this people little... People don't know the struggle. Yeah, people had, don't know man. the struggle. Damn know. kids. Exactly. Millennials. And uh, so I was writing, and, and I started, you know, writing and writing. I would put the stuff in my desk. Sure. And then life just got busy. Right. You know? It takes over. It takes over. And right. I had that fear. Yeah, fear had me. Like uh, maybe I'm not as funny as I think I am, right? Right, like, right. Or maybe I am, but I just don't know how to put that into a nice little five minute. And that's I sure. think that's what people don't get. It's not right. even about being funny. Yeah, it's about taking your stuff, taking your story, taking your 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 material, mm-hmm. and now condensing it. Yeah, I always it. think of it in some of this weird way, and people are gonna think I'm I'm fucking creepy for it, but. Uh, remember that movie Ghost? Yeah. Remember when Demi Moore was sitting there doing the pottery? Yeah, yeah. And Patrick Swayze kind of came up behind her and was, you know, yeah. uh, copping a feel and then kind of like <laughs> showing her how to do the and pottery. And got it things. done, right? Yeah. And got it done. But, yeah, yeah. but the, the funny thing about it is, I look at that kind of like comedy. It's yeah. like you start off with this ball of shit yeah. and you slowly start whittling it away and you slowly start, you know, carving out your five minutes yeah. or your piece of art. Yeah. And then once in a while, you get a good-looking headliner like Patrick Swayze to come up behind you and, uh, and goose you a little bit, and then slowly <laughs> show you how to hone that, yeah, mold how, it how, how to mold that craft. Yeah. And and uh, I always tell people like it's funny because when you when you first get up there and you and you have an experience like that, it's going to go two ways. It's either going to be like you said, it's going to be a fear where you're just going to be like, God damn, I don't ever want to do this again, yeah. uh, or it's going to give you the motivation to say. You know what? I want to work on this, and I want to. I know I can do better. Yeah, I know yeah. I can do better. because I think you're right. It, it's it's people's like people's experience and perspectives on life, sure. and what their experiences are, and how it's funny. And I'm sure in their world, it's fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's the funniest thing that they've ever seen or they've ever talked about. Yeah. But it's like you said, it's how you deliver that package, and it's how you how well you craft that joke. And I think that's the real key to stand-up is, is just the delivery and how you present your view on the world. That's absolutely it. It has to connect. It has to yeah. has to connect with the people. It has to be told in a way. And, and people sometimes get into the weeds of their story, right? Because sure. they think the whole thing is funny. Right. And and they don't realize that there's parts of it that, yeah, they're real. Sure. But they don't make any sort of impact. They don't make the story better right. or funnier. They're just, right. they're just tidbits. Yeah. And, and and when you have five minutes mm-hmm. and you waste four minutes of that kind of getting to the punchline, you're right. losing the crowd. Right? For you're sure. Just losing people. So it was just one of those things where I was, and I was 21. Yeah, yeah you're on. Like, yeah. I was like, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be hilarious. I'm ready. Like you, let's, let's go just for laughs. Let's go Netflix. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when you're 21 and you're just like, okay, well, that wasn't so good. So I'm going to focus on something else. Forget <laughs> right, this. Right. Let's go get drunk or whatever. <laughs> right? like, so, okay. So let's let's go back a little bit before you sure. got into, into the stand-up thing. Yeah. Where are you from? A born and raised Calgarian. So you're the only one left. Uh, there's the one left. of us, and it's me. That's <laughs> you. And uh, yeah, you don't hear that very feeling. often. Man. Yeah, yeah. Calgary, no, it was man. Uh, it was crazy, man. Like a lot of the material I get from from is is growing up in the '80s in yeah. Calgary, right? Like yeah. I mean, Calgary's progressed a lot. Sure. Uh, in the last little bit, yeah, for sure. But yeah. growing up in the '80s in a, in a where very, did you grow up at in Calgary? I was in in the hood. So was, you weren't you weren't joking around? Uh, no, telling Adam Adam Ruby like, listen, man, <laughs> my Bonesian? Yeah, you're Bonesian. Yeah, no, I'm I'm like, like, listen, man. Like, yeah, I grew up in 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 the hood. No shit, I totally did. Yeah, I was uh, right off of 17th Ave Southeast. I lived on 14th Ave. No way. Yeah. Where did you go go to school? I went to uh, Pembroke Meadows Elementary. Okay. Uh, was for. Grade two, 
Okay. Walking to school one day and uh, had a guy tell me to go back where I came from. No. That shit sticks with you. No way. But it was, you know what? It was really good because I was just like, well, I'm from here, so you want me to just like my house is down the road, man. <laughs> didn't like, quite I just, resonate with it. I what just is didn't get was. it. And then when I went and talked to my dad, I mean, you know, my dad came out here in 1972, right? Like, right. He came right. from India. He was an immigrant. Busted his ass, you know, yeah. and he was by himself. And, uh, you know, he comes out, you got nothing, right? And that's right. Just, you, you see that, and you're just like, God. Those are inspiring stories, man. So I know a lot of people like that. People yeah. don't understand the struggle, dude. They don't. My, and like, yeah. my dad literally, you know, he never liked to really talk about it. But right. he had a lunchbox. That was it. Yeah. You know, and the yeah. clothes on his back. And he was just like, he busted his butt. He worked, you know, busted his ass, three jobs. That's incredible. And you, you're very close with your dad, I mean, who, who ended up passing away, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. I, I kind of gathered that from uh, Facebook. But, yeah. but the point being, that he was a very important force in so. your life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He, you know, he he showed me the uh, how to work, mm-hmm. you know, work hard, and always work do ethic good. and stuff. Yeah. Just the work ethic, right? And always doing good. Like you don't right. you don't do wrong by anybody. So yeah. you just you can help people as much as you you, you can. And yeah. You just stuff will work its work its way out. That's amazing you know, for man. yourself. So. That's inspiring, dude. Yeah. Where did you go go to high school? Forest Lawn. Forest Lawn. Forest Lawn high. high School. Yeah. No I have, way. Uh, the stab wounds to prove it. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it that builds your character, man. Yeah, it it, it, it does. It yeah. does build your character because it really is the melting pot of everybody that uh, the rest of the city rejects in some certain way <laughs> because there's a reputation, a label that comes it's around Forest Lawn. Crazy, yeah. I I legit my first day of university. Yeah, I made it to university somehow going to Forest Lawn <laughs> and uh, work ethic. And uh, I remember we were all sitting in Mac Hall and everyone's talking to one another like. Oh yeah, where'd you go to school? Where'd you go to school? And everyone's talking about all the different high schools. Right. And my turn comes up, and I'm like, Forest Lawn. Silence. <laughs> people are like, what? what? I didn't know we allowed people from Forest Lawn over here. Make it to university <laughs> from Forest Lawn. Yeah, because there was what? There was Forest Lawn and like Jack James. Wasn't yeah, it? Forest Lawn, Jack James. So Jack I was James good friends with the wrestling coach over there, Jack James or Jack, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah across, but, uh, the, across the field. Yeah, across the field there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. must have been some pretty good rivalries then. Oh my gosh, yeah. Jack so, James seemed to be kind of like where the loose cannons would go, though. A lot more. Yeah, like if you couldn't make it to Forest Lawn, which I mean. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't that hard. Uh, you went to they Jack James. You kicked your ass over to Jack James. You went over to Jack James, yeah. and that's where it, either you came out of beautician yeah. or mechanic. Uh, trade school, kind that's of. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was exactly like an early was. sate. Yeah. Or it Van, Van Horn, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, that's crazy, lot, man. I know a lot of mechanics. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Which is it. great, man. That's and then people are just like, why would your kids come to our school at lunch and beat us up? <laughs> I'm like, where did you go to school? Father Lacombe. Well, we had nothing better. What do you want me to do, right? Exactly. Like, How else do you want us to entertain ourselves, man? There's no fucking library here. Oh, man. Yeah, no. That's classic, dude. So, okay, so so what was your first inspiration? Because I know that we, we talked about this before, but yeah. your dad had ordered a TV package, and you, you, you had to make sure it was on. <laughs> we had basic cable, you know, and, and every yeah. time new channels came out, I was like, Dad, you got you to gotta hook you us gotta, up, right? Yeah. So we'd always get the sports stuff. Dad was a huge sports fan. My brother... Older brother loved sports, and mm-hmm. uh, so that was great. And then I remember Comedy Network came out. You know, I was like, "Let's do Channel Forty One." Right. I was like, "God, Dad, 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 we need this. We, yeah, we. I need this. We got to like, up the package. We got to up that package." <laughs> and he was just like, "Look, you're always telling stories and and making people laugh anyway. Like, yeah. all that we're gonna get is more of that shit." And right. I was like, yeah, that's the point. <laughs> so yeah, no, Comedy Network came into into my life, and it was just. Who was your first inspiration that you saw on TV that you really thought? Like, you know what's funny? When I was growing up, I, I watched a lot of sitcoms. Right. Like old sitcoms. Yeah, yeah. Not the sitcoms like, you know, that, that were around when I was a kid. I used sure. to watch like Happy Days, Three's Company, like yeah. those types of things. How old are you? I am 34. 34? Okay. Yeah, so I was born in 81. So you're right on the cusp of when uh, all those shows for me were like uh, in the later part of probably the 80s. Yeah. 
And then, so yeah, you're about 10. Okay, you're, you're okay, so you're what, 34? 34. Yeah. Okay, so you're, yeah, years, you're like yeah. seven years younger than me. Yeah. So yeah, we're right around that same time where a lot of the same shows that were happy days happy and, and days. Uh, good times. Good times, yeah. All that stuff, man. And, uh, and Three's Company was like John Render. Oh, man. What's funny, though, is that people don't understand is, like, that was the start of sitcoms. Was that, uh, who was, I forgot who it was, um, the guy that ended up going to HBO, Chris Albrecht from uh, from Evening at the Improv, or the Improv, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. These basically agents were coming out and and basically saying, "Hey, like, who do you know that would be a great fit for the sitcom?" And it was all comedians back then. It was all. Comedians. I mean, Ritter was stand up. I mean, all yeah. those guys were all stand up back exactly, then. Exactly. You know, you look at um, this is an old one, probably before your time, but like Booze and Buddies, like uh, yeah. Tom Hanks and all. I mean, those guys. It was all comedy back yeah, then. Mark and Wendy, right? Yeah, like, Mark and Wendy, uh, Robin, Robin Williams, and. Yeah. Man, that's a and so you got to see comedians, but they, you got to see them in a in a dramatic fashion. In a dramatic and, fashion, yeah. yeah. John Ritter's doing his thing. I know Cosby Show. We don't like to talk about that guy right now. <laughs> but 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 bottom line is, is that guy inspired a generation of millions of, of kids millions who of kids. wanted Cosby as their father. Yeah, man, yeah, exactly. I thought Cosby was brilliant. Yeah, you know, and on a comedy level, yeah. he is brilliant. I yeah. mean, on a personal level, he's a piece of shit. But I mean, yeah. but I mean, but he Yo. did, he did. Like, uh, I mean, there that that sprouted a, a massive generation Absolutely. of people that inspired comedy. Yeah, man. yeah. I mean, and then all the that. shows that followed after that, right? there were just so sure. many things in all the other sitcoms, and there were yeah. shitty ones, right? You had your Family sure. Matters and your Full House and stuff. Right, like that. right, we had right. Gems like Fresh Prince came out and stuff yeah, like that. Man. So. And then yeah, comedy. It was it was just like watching stand up, watching the Just for Laugh shows. Right. You know Eddie Murphy. Sure. Uh, George Carlin. Yeah. Unbel- Richard Pryor. Richard. I mean, Pryor, just watching man. these guys being like Richard Pryor would go up there and just and Robin Williams too, right? Like just yeah. the actions and just oh, so yeah. much physical comedy. Physical watching comedy. this, going, you can make a living like this. Yeah. Like these guys are famous. These yeah. guys are getting paid to go up there and just. Yeah. Make people laugh. It's it incredible, was, man. It was incredible. Yeah, it was incredible. it's an inspirational thing. I used to watch uh, Evening at the Improv every Friday night, yeah. Yeah. and uh, I used to watch, you know, Carolyn's Comedy Hour. Like, you know, Carolyn, uh, she she had a place, and and uh, I mean, it just kept on going and going. But I remember Bud Friedman would go up there with his little monocle, his, yeah, yeah, his yeah. one glass <laughs> monocle, and he would introduce comedians, and I just sit there going like, "Holy shit." Yeah. Where do I? How do I get in on this? Yeah, yeah what up. happens here? Talk shows too, right? Like I yeah. remember sneaking away, you know, out of bed and going to watch uh, watch Tonight Show. And, yeah, and, and they'd always show. have comedians always. feature on that. And I'd, and they were always on last, right? So right. you'd watch like the interviews and kind of be like, yeah, yeah these are hilarious. Yeah, but I'm like making sure I don't get in shit from my dad. You know? <laughs> we have school tomorrow. <laughs> Damn it! Like you got to get good grades. That's funny though. You say that because you had to sit through the bullshit. You had to sit through yeah. like uh, you know J.R. Ewing doing Dallas and then uh, you know Falcon Crest for you know ten exactly, minutes of some exactly. interview. I don't know who the hell they are, nope. and then. Uh, Stupid pet, pet tricks, and then you'd see the comedian come out. Yeah, but they were always brilliant, man. Always. They always had it buttoned up for five minute, clean, great set. And that's what gives you the inspiration for this, right? You know, you can do it. Yeah. Know, sometimes you think five minutes—that's that's barely enough for one joke. Bullshit. Yeah. Right. You see it on stuff like that, and you're like, I can fit good two, two and a half, three yeah, in there. Like, just, yeah. So, so let's get back into the comedy, sure, man. Yeah. So, so, so you kind of you came into this with full full force, man. Like I, you know, I took that. What break. was the inspiration for to come back? What was that? My wife. Your wife, to be honest, and you're yeah. married to a fantastic woman. Thank you so much. I've met her a, a few times now, yeah, and, yeah. and she's such a pleasure. And that's she's such a, that's so important, man, it's to have, huge. right? She's to so have that supportive, support system, and she's just you know she lets me test my shit on her at the dinner table. Yeah. And she'll tell me it's not funny, and I'm like, no, no, it's funny. You just you don't know comedy. <laughs> you think you know, but you don't. That's yeah, no, we've been talking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They call you out of the bullshit. Right? No, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So I'd been talking about it forever, and like I said, I. I I kept writing, right? Mm-hmm. I, had a, I had a pen and paper, and then when the cell phones got better, I had this running note in my phone. Sure. And stupid shit that would happen, or stupid shit I'd say or see or whatever, I'd be, I'd, okay, I'd constantly, like, sometimes we'd be driving, I'd be like, Sim, you gotta, 
like pull over, write this like, down, like, take take the take the wheel, like right. I gotta type this out or type this out for me. Yeah, yeah, right. And uh, and so finally, she was like, God, we've been talking about it forever. We're right. about to have a baby. Yeah, like it's put up or shut up time. Yeah, and so she gave me the ultimatum until the end of 2015. And I waited it out, man. Like yeah. Every month I'd be like, no, no, I got stuff. I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. Sure. And then we had our daughter. And yeah. uh, that changes perspective, man. It does, right? Like it just, yeah. you talk about all this shit. Uh, oh, you can't let fear get the best of you. Right. I'm going to teach my kid that. Yeah. Well, I let fear get the best of me with stand-up. Sure. Right? I, can't, I yeah. can't teach her that and not live it. Right. So my daughter was literally, literally um, a year old. Wow. A year and a week. Yeah. And uh, I was like, I'm gonna, okay, I'm gonna get up there. Yeah. Yeah. She was born 2014, December 7th, 2015. Wow. She was born November, and uh, yeah, That's December amazing, 7th, man. I got beautiful up girl again. Beautiful girl. Yeah, yeah. she's uh, she's my inspiration. You that's know? amazing. So, yeah, man. Yeah. That's dynamite. So that's what got me back into it. I just, I, I I refined it. I had five minutes. I was like, okay, this is it again, right? Make it or break it. Sure. Like if I get laughs, it's good. Do you I think though, it. like, because I know a lot of people are like, well, I don't have really that deep of a perspective on comedy at 18 years old or or 21 years old. No. But uh, do you think that that helped it your your career so much more by having that last ten years of experience of, of just not even experience in comedy per se, but yeah, just life experience life. and having a different perspective on comedy? I have no regrets. I have no what ifs. Right. Because for me, everything I joke about or talk about now on stage is stuff that's happened. Sure. And it's it's I have the maturity now to be able to to do it better. Right. And I've learned just so much over the last few months too. Right. And just even that. Taking that thirteen and a half year break, yeah, sounds funny saying it, but no, I, I, there's no way right. I would have had when I was twenty one years old. Not just wasn't able to have what the same. Was, the stuff I talk about now is all stuff that's happened, but it's right. not even just about stuff that's happened. I mean, I talk about I have a new new stuff that I've just started about growing up in Forest Lawn, but sure. I wouldn't have been able to refine it in that manner. Right. It's just the maturity you get. You just learn. Yeah, I found that too. I found that uh, I've got more to pull from. I've got more experiences yeah. to kind of uh, to refine. I've got more more things that make sense to me, you know, clarity wise. That would probably resonate with a bigger audience yeah. than it would have been. You know, and that's not to take away from you know the young comics that come up that are eighteen, nineteen that are brilliant. Bless like, I, yeah, that's it's crazy. great if you have that confidence and that perspective. And we've seen that with some of the young guys. I mean, like you know, I always call Matt Foster a young guy, but you know, he's actually he's like he's in his later twenties, I think now. But I always think Matt's like you know seventeen, <laughs> you know, just a baby boy, right? Yeah. But I mean, but even guys like because I mean, Adam Ruby gives off this sense of confidence, yeah, yeah. but he gives this like nervous energy that really makes people laugh. Yeah. Um, but even you look at guys like Bobby Warner yeah, and Jake Bobby, Poirier, who Jake just come up with just great confidence man unbelievable I, I when i was 21 i mean those kids are you know they're 19 kids sounds old but no i mean yeah. I, I didn't even have that confidence or that that ability i didn't know to pause i didn't know how to do it properly right. on stage right. i didn't have that presence sure and and you just great for them to get to that point they're yeah. already there yeah i needed my last 13 and a half years like i went to school right you know my work i yeah. got confidence i'm in i'm in sales and marketing right yeah. that's what i do and so that helped me yeah i wasn't able to talk to people in the eye Right, you know, you right. can't go do stand-up comedy staring at the freaking ceiling or the floor the whole time. Exactly, right? exactly. And I learned that through life. You know, you just right. think you, you, you start... think you can when you're hanging with your buddies and you're telling, you're shooting the shit and yeah. you're talking to them, looking them in the eye. Yeah. And you get in front of a, a group of fifty, sixty, hundred people you don't know, and you're just like, ah, oh, yeah, I can't. Okay, I'm just... <laughs> what was I going to say? I'm brown. Uh, that's all I got, you guys. Thanks. You know, like you just you forget everything. And yeah. for these kids to have that confidence already, yeah, they're only going to get better and better. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But but that that also that that also goes, you know, it goes to say that that I think things happen at the right time yes. for the right to people. And and uh, and like you said, I mean, that's a brilliant way of saying it. I needed those thirteen years. I needed them. 
Yeah, to kind of refine that and to make me confident and to get some of that life experience that I can really expose out on on a stage. You Absolutely. know what I mean? Yeah. And, and you're a father and you're a husband, and that resonates with a lot of people. As yeah, well. and it's... I notice your your comedy resonates with a lot of people. I think that's the mass appeal to that is that it's funny, it's witty, and uh, the people in the crowd are people that you're that you're talking to that that uh, that know that same experience yeah. of you know yeah. what it's like having a baby that's under five years old and <laughs> losing nights of sleep and yeah. going through the birth, you know, and yeah. and all those types of things, man. Which is all great material. Like, thanks, man. Yeah, pull, yeah pulling from from all those uh, experiences makes makes for a much better set. You have to, uh, Kevin. Kevin Stobo, mm-hmm. who I got to work with at uh, the Cochrane Show, was right. you got to find the funny. Mm-hmm. Right, and the funny's there. Mm-hmm. You just got to find it, mm-hmm. and and that's that's amazing advice to anybody out it there is. who's listening, who's yeah. who's in comedy or wants to get into comedy. Yeah. The funny is there. You just got to find it. You just got to find it, and yeah. that's what it is. It's I was I was able to find it. You know, yeah. and the doctor's telling us we can't have sex for six weeks. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> what I need eight, for six man, <laughs> because that shit was crazy. Did you? Why were you there? You were there. You were there. I saw it. Like you see it every day. You must not have sex. Period. <laughs> But it's so true, though, man, because if you look at like if, you know, like in, in even like Stobo, man, who's been around yeah. and, and he's so good at what he does and he's so fucking funny, man, yeah. that sometimes those little hints of advice, yeah. you know, you get that that little nugget of advice. And at the moment you're thinking, that's all you got for me. Yeah. What the what are you talking about? And it reminds me of like the um, Forrest Gump where he's go running across the country and, and he develops this massive that's following right. of people. And then he just stopped, and he's like, "You know what? I'm actually kind of tired. I'm just going to go home." And everyone's like, "That was your fucking. That was your life advice. That was the nugget I was waiting it. for." Yeah, but then, but then it makes sense to you afterwards yeah. because you're just like, "You know what? That is so simple, but yet so true." Yeah. And in, sometimes it's the way that people frame the statement to you, yeah. or the perspective on it, or the angle on it, that sure. you just like, "Wow, that opened up an entire new process of thinking and the way that I think about how to approach a joke." Or or how to find funny in something, yeah, yeah. you know? And it's just the same thing with, like, when people give you advice when, when I first started doing this, too. And it was like, oh, how do I get better? You just got to get on stage more. Right. That's it? Yeah. That's all you got from me? No shit. <laughs> but you realize what that means when you do get on stage. Right. And you have that, you do the set again, and you, you bomb it, or you do it a bit differently. Sure. Smaller crowd, larger crowd. You're just working on stuff. And all of a sudden, you do something as you're riffing, and everybody cracks up, and you're like, oh, right. shit. Yeah, I gotta add that all the time. Absolutely, you know. Like, yeah, a lot of the stuff that I do, you know, I, I I write, and then it's just, you know, you get to a point where the confidence comes, right? And so you're not so. I, I don't want to use the word rehearsed, but right. it's one of those things where you're just following point A to B. You start to realize that you need to, you're engaging the audience. You're not there for yourself. You're there sure. for the crowd, right? Absolutely. And all of a sudden, you start realizing that you're just like, oh, we're having fun now. And I'm just going to start riffing. I'm going to start adding stuff just because people are laughing. I'm going to go with and it. And that confidence comes out, man. Yeah. Like if you start doing well and you see the crowd re- reacting to stuff like that, I notice that's when people start riffing with the crowd and they yeah. start having fun with it. And once you're up there, and I always use this example. It's like uh, Brandon Craig. Like We had yeah. Brandon Craig out here about a year ago for the um, for the festival. Yeah. A little shameless plug there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and Brandon was like, he still looked a little apprehensive on it. He wasn't very confident with his material. And what I said to him is, is that when he was on stage for the for the competition, he gave off this impression like, I just don't give a fuck. Yeah. I'm going to have fun. Yeah. And I'm going to go out there. And, if, and, if, and, and, and he even said that in, in, the, in, in our podcast. Yeah, was yeah. just like, I got, just got this overwhelming feeling in me that it's just like, I'm leaving in a month. I don't really give a shit. I'm going out with a bang. Who cares? Yeah. Like, I'm just going to go out and have fun with it. Yeah. And you stop, not that you stop caring, but you stop worrying about whether or not it's going gonna, it's gonna to reach 
you know, uh, the height of what you want it to reach as far as, you know, not just in stand-up, but your jokes and stuff like that. And so when he was up there, it was just this weird confidence where he was just like, I'm going to have fucking fun. Now it's, I'm giving you permission to have fun with me. Yeah. So just come along for the fucking ride, man. It makes a big difference. It really does. It really does. I mean, I was in, I was in a couple of competitions over the summer. Right. And you know, they're great. I love the competitions and I had some, I had some great sets as a part of that competition as part of both. But especially the yucks one. I mean, it was just incredible. You, mm-hmm. know, you just get up there and you and you go, but you have this feeling of there's still this extra feeling of nerves. Right. right? You're just like, oh, I got to hit it. Sure. I got to hit it because I'm in competition. Right. Right. And some of the other sets that I've had were outside of the competition. Like I've been at yucks. I've been lucky enough to go a couple of times outside of it. Sure. And just other other open mics. And I mean, Cochrane. Yeah. It's one of those things where you just don't have that pressure. That's right. the word I'm looking for. Pressure. pressure. Yeah. Once you and and that's the thing. Brandon, amazing. Yeah. And his set was phenomenal yeah. at the finals. And I'd seen him before in the semis. Sure. And, and it was good stuff. Yeah, yeah. But the finals was just, and you could tell he had no pressure. Right. He was just up there having fun. Yeah, he was just having a good time. And I think that's the key, right? right. Is, is you right. want to go up there and you're just having fun. There's no pressure about but I, I think you're right, this. though. But those nerves kind of keep they your, they do. keep you on the straight and narrow, man. Yeah. Like, they lay out the path, and yeah. whether or not you have fun on that path is up to you. Yeah. But I think the nerves kind of keep you, keep you locked on keep a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it keeps you honest, you yeah. know? So... For sure, man. For sure. So, uh, before the Yucks competition, how many times have you gone up on stage? Three, uh, three times. It was my fourth time. On Jesus stage Christ, man. Yeah, yeah. It was. I couldn't believe it. I just sent my name in. I was like, oh, I don't know. It's it's the mecca, you know. Yuck, yucks. That's uh, yeah. That's the place to the be. Landmark, yeah. To and go and yeah. So I put my name in, and then I got the confirmation, and it was like. Ah oh, shit! <laughs> <laughs> I've been in that scene where it's like you, you you see a date on the books and you're just like ah oh, fuck uh, I don't want to do that oh man I got to go to this gig I am not ready yeah I think that's all it was was and I think that's when I I booked I booked a uh, uh, two more before that just oh you did like, I was like oh I got to get the I got to get the jitters away, right you know what right I mean? like I got to get I'm gonna get up there and and just and I remember I remember uh, I remember talking to some people and they were like oh yeah man a bunch of guys went and had the open mic on Monday yeah. they got ready for the competition on, on Tuesday or whatever it was yeah. and and how do you does that does that is that because I know that that's one of the things is that you know getting up on stage is, is makes you better and stuff like that because you do quite a bit of open mics and stuff too man. I like do you, and yeah. it makes it makes we were just saying you know when you're able to riff when you're able to add stuff from the crowd you feed off that energy you sure. you go off script is right. what uh, a lot of us newbies are calling it right now yeah is you go off that script and you realize that things can be funny right in addition to the stuff that you are are already gonna say right so yeah i i i, I did i you know i try to get on on a sunday or a monday right you know just to kind of get the jitters and it was good you know sometimes i would i'd mess up my lines sometimes right. i'd have a little extra beer or two you sure. know to calm the nerves to calm the nerves and then be too calm and be like ah uh, <laughs> i don't know what i want to say and you just learn that through getting up there and it's that advice right you just got to get up on stage and yeah. you think it's so simple but it's what that means, digging deep into that, getting up on stage, doesn't just mean getting up and doing your five minutes right. or your seven minutes or whatever it is. Yeah. It's the whole prep before. It's it's what you do after. Sure. It's you know how you kind of get ready for all that kind of stuff. Right. And I'm very much a, you know, ask my wife, I'm very much like an OCD kind of like, I'm, I'm a routine guy. Right. And so I used to be very much, I had to wear the same shoes. Yeah. You probably noticed I'm wearing the same hoodie and a lot of my uh, my Yucks performances but then the more I got on stage, the more I realized I don't need to do that stuff. Right. I can get out of that routine. I don't need to drink a Keats. I can have sure. vodka water. Or I yeah, can just yeah. have an energy drink or whatever it is. Right. And one of the ones that happened was Mother's Day. It's hilarious. You know, I, I, we had... Um, <laughs> Can't wait to hear this one. Yeah. This, uh, <laughs> I think it was the semis, was it? Or maybe the finals were really close to Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
and I was like, you know, I, I really just I want to get I want to get the jitters off on the open mic on Sundays, right? Like I just want to I want to get them out there. And someone's sure. like, it's Mother's Day, right? You know, you you got to be smart, right? I'm like, okay, fine. So you know, the day goes by, we're celebrating with my mom, we're celebrating with my mother-in-law. It's all good. And I'm like, hey, what do you uh, what do you want for dinner, Sim? And she's like, I don't know. What do, what are you thinking? Peters, I like Peters. Peters is a good choice. Right. Peters is right across the street from the open mic on Saturday. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna go, and I might be uh, might be a bit late. And she's like, just go, because if you don't and you fuck up on stage on Tuesday, you're gonna blame it on me. Just go. And so this was at uh, quarter to seven. Right. And the show starts at seven. Right. Quarter after seven. Yeah. I had no time for any of that. I literally, I was wearing the shorts and the t-shirt that I was wearing. I was just like, I'm going to jump in the car. I'm just going to go going. straight over. Yeah. One of the best sets I've had. No Because I wasn't in that. I wasn't in there. You know what right, I mean? Like, right. I wasn't so focused and on the build I got to do of the... this joke and then it's followed by that joke and then it's followed. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I was just, yeah, yeah. You let go of all that shit and you just, fo- you're just like, I'm focused more on just getting there on time and, and getting it done. I just want to crush it. I just right. want to get on stage and do it. And that was the first time where I had that lesson where it was like, you don't need to be so worried about being. You need to be prepared. Don't sure, get me wrong. Sure. You can't go up and be like, ah, oh, fuck, I'm just going to riff it. Right, right. But you don't need to be in a place of this mind state where you're just like yeah, obsessing over obsessing every over little, it. yeah. My first one, I think I must have driven my, you know, driven Sim nuts. Right. I did the set over and over. In the car she drove because I needed a drink of vodka even before we got in the car to get right. the fucking liquid courage to get up there, right? <laughs> so like, we're having dinner and I'm like, Sim, I'm just going <laughs> to drink all this. We're sitting in the car and I'm just going over it over and over again. But it's just like whatever you got to do to get up there that first time. Right. Because the adrenaline after. Yeah. Like that first time I got off, I can't, I can't sit. Sure. I was outside jumping around because yeah. I, I had so much energy. And same with the Yucks competitions. Like it's just when the crowd is that big and, you know, the crowd was, it was, it was a, it was a good house every sure. time. Especially the finals. Oh my God. Dude, that, I, I, I keep saying that to a lot of people and I'm like, uh, I'm just like, uh, you know what? People don't understand what it's like to go up on stage as an amateur and see 20, 30 people in the room. And then uh, all of a sudden you find yourself in the finals and there's 240 people there yeah. and it's jam packed to the, to the walls, yeah. like to the point of where we had to turn people away from the door. It was, it was crazy. And, but there's also the, another side of that is that it brought back a lot of excitement to the amateur local scene. And, and, it, and I think there's a lot of people there that were kind of like, you know, I don't know where things are going to go amateur wise. There's not a lot, a ton of like, you know, places that are, that are, you know, encouraging a lot of amateurs. And stuff. So I think one, it gave a lot of encouragement to, to amateurs to, to say like, there is a viable scene here. And second of all, it can be fun and it can be, it can be a blast. Yeah. And the, and the, the great part of it too, is that, um, the way that we branded that entire show was like, it's the best show in town for five bucks you can get five or whatever bucks. it was, man. And yeah. then I noticed that like, I would go up to, I always go to the venue early whenever there's a show going on or whatever. I always, there like an hour, two hours early and I'd go hang out with Scott or, you know, yeah, whoever's yeah. around. And, uh, I was, I always have to go up to the, the stair, the stairwell cause the Scott, the fucking elevator isn't working. God yeah, damn it. Are you the doors just open the and closed? Yeah, exactly. just open and close. <laughs> so I go up, I'm in the stairwell. I'm waiting for Scott to come open the door for me. And there's a couple there, and they're just hanging out, and, and we start talking, and they're like, "Oh, is this the comedy club? This is how we get in." And I said, "Oh yeah, usually the elevator's up, you know." And but uh, yeah, you know, Sterum's waiting to, to get in, you know. My I said, "Where are you guys from?" And they said, "Oh, we're from Oklahoma," and we were traveling through town, and someone said, "Oh, you should go check out this amateur show. It's only five bucks." And so they're like, "So we thought, ah, what's you know, nothing going on? We thought we'd come over and check it out." And right then I was like. 
if that's how they got word that yeah. this was a great show for five bucks, we can't go wrong with it. No. And it and I think that showed people in that audience that at the end of that show, so many people came up to me afterwards and said, that was like a professional show, man. You had some amazing amateur people on there that it didn't feel like it was amateur. It no. felt like it was a real, just a great comedy show. They didn't give a shit whether it was your fourth time on stage or your tenth time. Yeah. When you bring it up, I mean, it's impressive. It's crazy. Yeah. But, but people just looked at it as, this is a comedy show, and it's a great thing to do on a Tuesday night, and it was jam-packed. So, I mean, it wasn't all, oh, yeah, I'm bringing 20 people with me or I'm bringing 10 people yeah. with me. Yeah. This was on a grander scale where I think that we got to show the city of Calgary that this was, uh, this is a very great viable scene that, that you can really go see some amazing talent and they don't have to be massive headliners, man, to bring in a crowd. Comedy's alive and well in Calgary. It's doing great. What has your experience been like as an amateur on that? Because, you know, you hang out with a lot of the guys, you know, Paul and, and, uh, and and Adam 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 and Ruby, Brett Forte, all those guys. And, it's you know what's your experience been like? It's been such a crazy ride. Yeah, like it's been absolutely crazy. There are a lot of open mics. Yeah, um, and so you, you do get the opportunity. I've I've been lucky enough to you know go to Cochrane and Red mm-hmm. Deer, um, going to Lethbridge and Medicine Hat, and it's yeah. just you go go and it's it's the camaraderie there is just that's the fun part, right? Sure. We chatted a bit about that. You get in the car with these comics and you're just shooting the shit. Yeah, for laughing a couple the entire hours, way, and just laughing the entire way. And I was lucky with the Red Deer show. Actually, I went with Adam, uh, Paul, and and Scott Travis. Right. And uh, so we're driving up and just like the, the craziest shit just happened as you're yeah. driving up there, right? And so you're able to bring that up on the stage. Yeah, yeah. Right? You get that in front excitement. of the crowd and you just bring that excitement. You bring some of the stories. You're just like, right. you, uh, you guys saw Paul or the take? He said this shit in the car. Can you guys believe this? And everyone's just <laughs> cracking up. Right? They're just along for the ride because right. it's real. Yeah. They know it's real. They know sure. four guys jumped in a car from Calgary. Right. So what they're telling us isn't like bullshit. You know, right. Sometimes you get, you know, three weeks ago I was at the Walmart. And right. Every time I've been saying that joke for two years or whatever. Right, right. So right. You know it's real. Um, it's just a, it's a fun scene. I mean, it's good. You know, there's, there's, there's a lot of good people. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good people. Um, it's not perfect by any right. means. And sure. There's, there's always a little bit of, there's always competition. Right. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm mid thirties. I'm an old, I'm an old man. <laughs> uh, so I, I can see that sometimes and, and I know what's going on. But for me, it's just, you know, we got to help, we got to help one another out. We just got to get out yeah. there. Cause it's all about the comedy scene. Yeah. Right, it's about people. We're Absolutely. going up there, and we're, we're, we want to get people out. So to hear that—that that there's people from Oklahoma getting word for a for a Tuesday show, crazy man, for five bucks—that's unbelievable. It's nuts, and uh, and it is like you know Ben Ben Cannon, just uh, an awesome guy. He's yeah. been super friendly. He's got yeah. his couple of things going on, and yeah, always just uh, just so welcoming. I find that that because uh, we were talking about this earlier about kind of like that. Uh, there's kind of like the new crop of, of young yeah. people coming up, young comedians and stuff like that, and then you've got. The ones who are who are kind of getting ready to get signed, and you know, yeah. people getting ready to kind of move on to that next level. Yeah. And there's always this evolution of of new talent, new people on the scene, and stuff like that. And I really love that about the scene is that for the most part, everybody gets along, yeah. and everybody kind of encourages e- each other. And there's I've heard of a few you know little rumblings here and there or whatever, yeah. but uh, but for the most part, people are people have been very very cool and, and very supportive of, of one another. What about some of the headliners and stuff? Because we talked about oh, this, man. man, like we were talking about this earlier. I mean, you you know heavy hitters in the industry. I mean, I've just been lucky enough to... It's I the mean, Russell Peters is, is someone that you've yeah, you hung I, out with and stuff. I've like been lucky enough to hang out back in the day, you know, when I was when I first wanted to do this. Yeah. Uh, in, in 2001, and, and uh, Russ was, was performing at uh, at the Yucks. Right. Over back at the, uh, at the end, and it was just... 
you know, performing in front of 150 people, and you just got it. You get the, you know, you get excited. And I, sure. I just seen his comedy special. Thanks, Dad, again for getting the channel at the time. <laughs> and you know, so you just you you go up and you start chatting with these guys, and they're just so. It's the camaraderie, man. Right. Like, it's just everyone's so. Mostly everyone is so sure. friendly, right? Yeah. It's just like, and that was the thing. Like Russ, he was just 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 the nicest guy. Yeah. Just the nicest guy, you know. Just you know, invited me. Uh, yeah, you guys ended up hanging out at the Gray Eagle when yeah, you were there. Yeah, yeah. It was just yeah, it's man. one of those things where every time he comes in town, you just kind of go, you know, hey, you remember me? And he's kind of like, yeah, 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 come back and let's yeah. shoot the shit for a little bit, or come to the after party, I'll let you in. And yeah, it's just nice to pick his brain every now and then sure. on, on certain things, and then uh, just getting to meet people like Kathleen. I mean, she's yeah. just. You know, that's how I, I met Kathleen when she was opening for, for Russell at the, right. the Grey Eagle. And, you know, my, Sim was trying to get me into comedy. He was like, oh, he does it, but he's just, he doesn't, hasn't done it forever. And Kathleen was like, well, he's a pussy. <laughs> that sounds so like Kathleen I, McGee. Right that's there. Kathleen McGee. Yeah. <laughs> and so when I did get on, I did, I thanked her. Like, I, my, my first Instagram post, I was like, you know, thanks, Kathleen McGee, for yeah. calling me a pussy. And it was just one of those things where, you know, we just, we just hung out this past Thursday. She was right. like, yucks. And after the show, she was like, yeah, let's just chill and hang out and yeah. shoot the shit. And she even remembered. She's like, yep. Called you a pussy, <laughs> but she, but then it was it was what she said after that. Right? She's like, I'm so happy that you caught the bug again, right? Because you know it's just so fun to see yeah. people who are so excited about about comedy and stuff yeah. like that. And then just being able to at the car control, Kevin, just Stobo, one of the nicest guys, had a good like 15 minute conversation with him. And yeah, he was just like you've got the funny man. Yeah, you've got the funny. I remember when you were up there, and I remember. Uh, uh, just a succession of you guys all going up yeah. and, and Stobo came up to me and he goes, I gotta follow these guys? Like, what the fuck, man? What's going, what are you trying to do to me, man? And I was like, didn't I tell you I tried to pull the cream of the crop from Calgary over there and, and you know, you guys are just, you guys are doing amazing. What's the plan? Because I know that, oh, you know, man. you and I have talked about this and, and I mean, you know, obviously you got a full-time job yeah, and, you yeah. know, you're, you're married, you got a kid, you got the whole nine yards going, man. And you know what? That doesn't stop people from pursuing their dreams, and and but but what is the end result here for you? What do you want to do? Do you want to do comedy full time? You want to? It, what do you want to do? If it happens, it happens, mm-hmm. and right now it's happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I, I had a I had goals set in my mind for the first year, right? And I've been fortunate enough, uh, blessed. You know, Dad's got my back. Stuff's happened in the first six months that I could I I thought would take a while. Sure. Yuck yucks. Yeah. In the competition, finalist, performing all over, traveling, getting asked to perform. I mean, that that blows my mind. Yeah. Because I'm still yeah, yeah. so, so brand new. Right. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I like you said, I have a job. Um, I'm lucky that, that I work there. But this is one of those things where it's, it's a passion. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something that I, I really love. I'm, I'm a fan of marketing. Right. And I use that marketing background that I have. I'm an MBA uh, in marketing as well. Um, so that helps me with my, my, my day job, right. but it also helps me with comedy quite a bit yeah. to, to market and to promote and to get out there. And that's something that's been a big theme that, that a lot of our, our, our conversations have, yeah. have been just because of the amount of energy that, that people bring to that, to the, to the shows. And, and it's a lot of it is, is that reach of, yeah. of, of telling people about it and getting exciting about it and, and telling people that, listen, man. I know you might have seen me two or three times, but the three other people yeah. that are going to be on stage with me tonight are going to fucking blow you away. It's just because it's such a good group of people. Just every time you get to perform it, there's so much talent. I mean, that show, like you said, right? Mm-hmm. Nine finalists. Yeah. Everybody crushed it. Everybody did really everybody well. Everybody did an amazing job. Yeah. And it was just, those guys got a great show. Like that, it was a $50 show. Absolutely. Right? And people paid five bucks and they come out there going, the local scene is crazy. Yeah. It's good for yucks. It's good for amateur. Yeah. Um, yeah. So to answer your question, I mean, I... It, I would love to. 
So you're just going to keep hitting it hard? I'm just going to keep hitting it hard and see what happens. See we'll, what happens. We'll see where it takes us. You know? Who do you but like performing with in town, man? Like, I know you've got kind of like a traveling pack. I ran into Paul last week. Yeah, uh, yeah. At the, <laughs> yeah, at the, at, the, at the painting class or whatever. I, I went in to, uh, to do a little painting, and, yeah, and yeah, he yeah. was outside uh, drinking a coffee. And it was funny because I drove by, and I was like, is that fucking Paul Can out there? Can and then I stopped, and we parked, and then I got out, and I was like, Paul fucking, that is Paul <laughs> Cannon. Paul and we, yeah, we ended up talking. And yeah, great Yeah, guy, it's, man. you know, I, it's, there's such a good group of people, but um, Adam Ruby mm-hmm. is just a blast. Yeah. Uh, I love hanging out with that guy. Yeah. We, you know, in theory, we shouldn't be friends. Right. he's from Boness. And, uh, <laughs> it's a big rivalry there. On. We're, supposed to, we're supposed to hate each other, but I just, it's so fun traveling with that guy. It's so fun just yeah. going on. To, he's so excited all the time. Yeah. And that, it just rubs off on you, man. Like, he's so stoked that so you get more stoked. Yeah. And he gets more stoked. And you're just like, we're going to fucking crush it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that's all that I happens, remember right? uh, the night of the finals there, he was sitting there early uh, with his wife, and yeah. I walked by, and I said, hey, come with me over to the green in the room. Let's just talk for a bit, you know, just one-on-one or whatever, and see see how you're feeling, see, see where things are at. And uh, he came in the back with me, and we were talking, and and I was just sitting there, and uh, my my goal was to, just to go, I like to go to the green room and just relax, yeah. and just kind of, you know, say hi to people and bullshit for a bit, and just kind of let the zen kind of yeah. come in. Yeah, and uh, he came in and he was just like vibrating. He was just like like he had taken like six energy drinks or something, just <laughs> smashed them. And I was thinking to myself, well, this isn't gonna fucking work because yeah. I'm gonna get nervous myself now because he's just like I gotta do this. And he's, I'm just I remember going just at him. I'm like, you see all this energy, man? Bottle it, contain it, and then let it just out. Let on it stage, out on stage, man. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. And yeah. and he all of a sudden he just kind of became. Just kind of float and just kind of relax for a second, and, and I think once, once you realize that um, it's normal to be completely out of your mind and, and crazy and and, uh, and and nervous about something yeah. that you know it's just like a fight, right? Yeah, like yeah. you you watch the clock and you're like, I got up, up next here, and you start you know yeah. loosening up and you start you know what I mean? But that's that's comedy. It I mean, is. You yeah. just yeah, you're getting ready to kind of go into battle and and i mean there there there's a big mental process to that entire totally. thing yeah. yeah there's always a nervous energy and i'm still there like is. i'm still there right i'm yeah god i'm still fairly new at this and i still get there right i gotta sure. pump myself up i kind of pace a little bit yeah i'm just kind of i'm calming myself but i'm getting the energy level up so i can get up there and be like yeah bam yeah right? and the, you don't want to go from zero to 60 up on stage exactly. you want to be up at 60 you want to be at 60 when you hit that stage yeah. and i even noticed that like on on uh, on friday night i went to go see of course uh, kathleen mcgee yeah. and garrett clark and and you know all these great great comics and and uh, i just remember sitting at the back of the room and looking behind me and i still look at you know donovan deschner yeah, and yeah. kathleen mcgee everybody's still pacing back there yeah, and yeah, just yeah. kind of shaking out the nerves of it and i'm like Hey, these guys have been doing it for ten years, and they're still they're doing still, it. They're yeah. still just, you know, like you it's like said. you said, it's getting ready for a fight. You just, it is. It's, it's almost like you just got to get to this place in your head, yeah. and you can't do it on stage. You can't, you can't ramp yourself up there, right? Right. It's not just the time thing; it's the yeah. audience, and it's about making them laugh. And you can't, you know, like, hey guys, yeah, how's it going? And then slowly get into that. You got to be up there and ready, like bam, yeah, him, right, hit them. Hit him hard. So exactly. Yeah, no, Adams. Uh, Adams great. Paul can. We mentioned him. He's one of the. You know, my first time when I went up at the open mic, he was uh, you know, one of the only people who kind of came up to me after and was like, "Hey, that was great. That was good shit." And here's yeah. my, you know, add me on Facebook and let's just kind of let's be let's be buddies. And I was like, "Of course, yeah." I like He's that. just That's got it. this uh, this Ricky Gervais type of yeah. uh, calmness and funny, quirky, and he's like witty that comedy all man. the time. Like that's yeah. the thing. Like this isn't one of those things where I remember uh, it might have been Laurie or it might have been Frazier. It was like, yeah, it's so great. Like you get into this yeah. this character, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, it's not. He's like, it's not a character. <laughs> 
this is Paul Can twenty four seven man all the time. That like, is, yeah. You know, he's just. But it's so funny because I was like, we were talking, and I'm like, dude, I mean, like, there's a part of you that's like, I know, I'm forty, I'm forty one, I'm getting on forty two yeah. here pretty soon, and I'm like. I still love that shit where you all pile in the car together and it's yeah. just a bunch of, you know, a bunch of crazies going up for a road to trip and everyone's having fun and bullshitting yeah. with each other and laughing about stuff. And you just yeah, get the man. stories, right? You just get the stories. It is. So, yeah. Uh, Scott Travis is another guy. He was in the competition. I love Scott. Yeah. He's good just, dude, man. He's just a good dude. He's yeah. Just, you know, again, he's one of those things. He's got, you know, Scott's got, got kids that are, are a bit older. Right. And, and, you know, he's just like, it's never too late. Yeah. And so, and the same thing. We've had that conversation with Scott too where I'm like, do you wish like 20 years ago? And he's like, no, because I wouldn't have what I have now. Right. You have right. to go through that journey to get to a point. And everybody you, will get to it at a different point. You know? Sure. Paul's, Paul and Scott are at their age. And then me and Adam are, you know, where, where, where we're at. And right. then you've got the young kids. Yeah. You've got your Bobbies and your Jakes, right? And it's just like, there's that spectrum. Yeah. But that means it's never too late. But I find that that variety gives shows oh, just so awesome. much more content, like so much more great uh, diversity. And, and it, it appeals to a wider audience is that when you have someone you know, who's up there talking about uh, angst at being 18 or 19 yeah, years yeah. old and, and working at a fucking ice cream shop or a coffee yeah, shop. Yeah, Jake, right? Yeah, and I then you got the 20. guy. Oh. <laughs> and, then, and then you got us going up there who's like, yeah, I'm 40 and I work in a fucking cubicle, you yeah, bastards, yeah. <laughs> you know, sons of bitches. Life you gave up on me years know. ago. Yeah, you don't know what it's like. But that, And that's what makes comedy fun, Yeah, right, is when Jake goes up there and does something like that or Bobby goes and, and, and does something. I mean, even Scott followed me yeah. in the semifinal and he was just like, ah, oh, shit. And I've just talked about like jizz for a couple of minutes and like going to a sperm clinic. Uh, rainbows and unicorns, guys. But then he riffed too. And he was like, the only time I ever talk about jizz is when I'm in the shower because I got two kids. And I just, and I was like, Scott, it was brilliant. And, then, and again, yeah. it's not in his script. Sure. You know, he wasn't planning on going just up and talking about stuff that comes up and that you're just like, man, you got to use that stuff. Man, what does your family think of all this stuff? I mean, besides Sim, I mean, obviously she's got your back and, yeah. and super supportive. Uh, what is the rest? And, and of course, uh, I want to kind of blend this last question with you of, of you know, what does your family think? Because um, you and I come from very cultural backgrounds. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. We're, uh, we're, I guess, technically minorities in the city. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that also adds some flavor to it in that we're able to incorporate some, some of those, yeah. those beautifully cultural laughs and, and things into acts. And, and, and you bring that into, into your comedy, man. Yeah, and, yeah. and what has that been like? Uh, for you and uh, as far as being a minority, there's not a ton of people that are in the business mm-hmm. that that's uh, that are minorities, so to speak. Um, but uh, what is that? What has that been like for you? And and, and what is your family's uh, perception of of you getting into comedy? You know, it's 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 awesome because being being an Indo Canadian, but being a you know second. I mean, my dad came here and then I was born here, right? right. So it's just kind of like. We were very a uh, part of our culture. We right. grew up, you know, learning the language. That's all we spoke at home. The right. rule was, you know, me and my older brother would speak in English, but if we want to talk to mom and dad, we had to speak in, in Punjabi, right? right? So it was just like we were immersed in the culture. We went to right. all the functions. We went to the temples and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But then we're also Canadian, right? So right. it's like you're able to – and I'm lucky I had my older brother because it was one of those things like we'd go to temple – and, you know, so my dad was always, you know, he was very, he was a strict man. He, he followed things, but he also could, you know, especially later in life, he started to joke a lot more. Like right. he used to tell us jokes, like just funny. Loosened up a bit more. Yeah. yeah. He, funny shit that he used to, you know, he used to hear back home. And then he started playing pranks when he got a bit older. Like it was just funny. He'd no. hide and scare the shit out of my mom when she'd come up the stairs. <laughs> and it was just so great to see, right? Because you get older now and your kids are, your kids are married, your kids sure. have kids. And you're just like, okay, I've done what I needed to do. Right. I can chill out. I can hang out with my grandkids. He started hanging out with my nephews. Right. You know, taking them to school and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. 
um, that, that, you know, that, that makes a big impact. And then my brother, it was just one of those things where, you know, having this old, he's five years older than I am. Right. And, you know, so he was, he was only at elementary for one year. So I never really had like that protection. Sure. But I always had the protection. Like right. Right. Oh, Everyone sure, knew you know, your older brother. Sonny, yeah. Sonny went here before, you know, teachers would be like, oh, you're, you're Sonny's brother. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so you kind of you paved know? the way for so you. So it was so good to have that because we go to temple and stuff and, you know, what, we thought was funny, but maybe the culture didn't think was funny, but sure. the new Canadians would think was funny. Right. We'd riff on that, right? We'd yeah. be sitting at Temple and something would happen and everyone else would be serious and we'd look over at one another and just kind of crack up, knowing yeah. what the other was thinking, right? Yeah. So yeah. I think it's great because it does, it, it brings a brand new, you know, it mm-hmm. brings a brand new piece. Yeah. You know, I'm able to bring this this other slice of the comedy And Canadians are funny though too because like they're, it's a very polite crowd. It I is, find yeah. Canada is very polite. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sure there's assholes in every crowd, but I mean, yeah. But there's but there's a certain politeness to it where where uh, they sometimes don't know how to react to people of color, yeah. people that are minorities, and yeah. that I find that if you give them permission to yes. laugh at the things that you make okay for them and to loosen up or whatever, then you got them, man. You when I do the Indian your... stuff, when yeah. I do the brown stuff, you know, usually people start and they're like, <laughs> yeah. can I laugh? Can I go? Oh, am I? Is it okay? But by me saying it. And I've even said on stage, like, it's cool, guys. Yeah. Don't worry. It's okay. Guy, right? like, yeah, yeah. It's totally fine. Or, you know, I call them out on it, like, wow, you guys laughed a little too hard at that one. Right. Oh, racist. Right? It, just, <laughs> it brings it, and it allows them, it, it makes it okay. Right. And I think that's what, what is so awesome about it, is it does make it okay. Yeah. It's almost like comedy is uh, is, is the catalyst to, to say whatever you want. Mm. And I think people like Russell Peters that, that yeah. uh, would have been able to... Uh, to really focus on some of the funny parts of being a minority, of being you know uh, Asian or, or being uh, Indo-Canadian or, or you know uh, you know black or yeah. Jamaican or wh- wh- whatever the race is, he almost gave people the permission to laugh at. Yeah. He opened up that arena to say, you know what, nothing is off limits. We're yeah. all funny in our same way, and uh, we're able to uh, to make people laugh at some of the little intricacies that we do in our culture that yeah. you might not be used to yeah, exactly. or whatever. But I find that. Once that whole that whole pressure comes down, where people are like, I don't know if it's okay to laugh at that. Well, the brown guy is laughing at it, so it's okay to. It's you know what I mean? Totally, it's fun. totally good yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And that's one of the things. Like even and just being in comedy, I start like I'm looking at articles, I'm reading stuff online, and I'm right. just trying to figure stuff out. And they talk about like the sociological piece of it too, right? Where it's like usually you're at a comedy club, you're seated with a couple of your buddies, but just a couple of seats down, sure. there's a person you don't know, but they're really close. Right. So, you know, the comedy show starts, you're like, oh, that's fu-. Wait, can I laugh? That guy, <laughs> like, he just made a Chinese joke. That guy's Chinese. Yeah, exactly. Oh, shit. But then when the Chinese guy's laughing, you're like, fuck. Awesome. Yeah, it's good and to it's, go now. It's, and that's what you see in a lot of the Canadian clubs because it's such right. a melting pot, right? Yeah. Like you said. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, the family, it's it, they've been so supportive. Like I said, my older brother, he, you know, it was just great having him growing up and, yeah. and being able to, to riff on that stuff and being Canadian. Um, he's got two boys, my nephews, they're 17 and 9, and they both think it's just the coolest thing in the world. Right? That's like, awesome. Man. My youngest nephew's always like, what did you do today? <laughs> what did you do? Did you do something new? He's just so excited, right? And and so so that's great. And then my mom, it's just, you know, my mom is, uh, you know, she's she's just the, the sweetest, the loveliest lady. And uh, but she she kind of taught the story piece. My dad was jokes, right? You know, but my mom was always about stories. My mom would always tell stories about like my uncles growing up and stuff yeah. like that, right? I never, I had no grandparents out here. So that's that's that where you like get that. the the good so raconteur storytelling. And right? actually, I was at a show. I was at a kid friendly show. My mom came for the first time, right? right? And I was just she sat in the front row, and um, I'm doing my thing. And I look up, I'm going to embarrass her, but she's probably not going to listen to this anyway. <laughs> but, you know, and I look up and she's, she's in tears. Right. right. She's crying. She's so emotional. 
And I'm like, God, am I, like, is my... But the rest of the crowd's laughing, so I know it's not my comedy that's making she's her cry. Proud of you. Yeah. And she's just so proud, right? And then right. My, my daughter like climbed up on stage, and I just picked her up. I saw I that did, picture, man. I did it's five amazing. minutes of my set with her in my, in, my, in my arms. And, you know, it's one of those things. And I talked to mom after. I was like, mom, what, what happened? Like, and she's like, I'm just so proud of you. That's amazing. Like, you look man. like your dad out there. And that's right. like the best compliment I sure. can get, because my dad's my hero, right? Yeah, so yeah. to see that, and just to... She was just like, it was... Your dad would have been so proud. And I know a lot of this is happening because dad's up there. Like, sure. just, He's like, for you. finally, like you've been bugging <laughs> me. You bugged me for 31 years with your jokes and pranks. And, yeah. You know, I'm just happy you're going to go and like spread that yeah. talent that you have. And we talked about passion, but there's also talent. Sure. Right. And I think naturally people are good at certain things. And there's very few people who get to do that. Right. You talk, you know, you hear about athletes and they're just like, yeah, this I love basketball, but sure. I'm also really just good at it. Yeah. You know, and, and I've just had this ability to make people laugh since sure. I was a kid. I grew up with a turban. I had to make people laugh. Right. Because otherwise people wanted to kick my ass. <laughs> <laughs> and it just turned into one of those things where it was like people started laughing instead of at me. They started laughing with me. Right. And I started bringing all these people on board. And it was just like, okay, this is a, I'm passionate about it. I love it. Yeah. Apparently I'm good at it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's been six and a half months of the craziest ride. I'm, this is Yuck hey, Yucks. I'm at a podcast. Yeah. You, you asked me this six months ago. I'd been like, look, man, if I'm still on stage <laughs> once a month, we'll be a good thing. We'll be good. Yeah. Well, man, it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. I and, and I think you're a tremendous talent. And uh, to see you uh, come from... Uh, from uh, the competition and, and just to see the, the uh, amazing amount of uh, talent work that, and, and ambition that you put into it is, is nothing sort of amazing. And, uh, hey, I look forward to continue working with you, man. I think it's a, I think it's a great, great thing for you. And I, I think that control. you doing this is exactly where you need to be yeah. right now. Yeah. I think that's, uh, that's, that's where you're supposed to be right that's now. The, you, you get to where you're going to get when it's supposed to happen. Yeah, man. Where can people find you, Nav? Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Okay. Uh, Nav Galley. The name is pretty simple. Uh, and on Twitter, at NavGalley. Perfect. Uh, Instagram, NavGalley. Perfect, so, yeah, man. Just follow me on all the social medias. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly promoting yeah. my shit and everyone else's shit. Yeah. I just, I love That's the a good comedy, thing, man. So. That's a good thing. Yeah, follow me. Thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All right, folks. And there you have it. The flashback episode of my good pal nav galley nav like i said we're fighting for you brother we love you we got your back man we got your back man up the positive vibes your way hey on behalf of myself and the entire crew here at yuck yucks mr mark breslin executive producer kira williams and check this out folks the new title the new credit co-producer camille argue that's right course her man love of her life the love of my life well okay yeah uh, whatever i love lane y'all can go to hell lane argue the man who lays down all the acoustic jams for this podcast check him out laneargueguitar.com i always mess it up every week laneargueguitar.com it's so hard to say i don't know why all right lots of cool episodes coming up stay tuned see you next week <laughs>